0: Salut and welcome to Worth Having, the podcast where we explore belonging and the question, how do I want to come home to myself? I'm Nick, and each episode we'll explore how to avoid becoming a burnout cliche, and instead take yourself from good to great. Burnout doesn't have to be your reality. By connecting emotional intelligence with positive psychology, we can uncover untapped potential, create better opportunities, and answer the tough question, what's truly worth having in life? Join me, and together we're going to figure out how to take back work-life control. Because as a designer, I craft strategies for regenerative leadership. And I simplified a conversation around self-leadership and self-efficacy. Because to belong means no one has to do this alone. And with that said, you're always welcome here because you do belong. Thanks for joining me on this adventure. Let's get started. What is identity-related burnout? So once upon a time, midlife crisis used to be a topic. It's the phenomenon amongst people that have to societal standards, quote-unquote, made it. They are financially affluent, successful, and accomplished. But they also got to the point where they question whether their life and what they do with it actually, truly, is really meaningful. They ask, do I want to continue on my path Or do I need to reassess and reconstruct? And when I grew up, my parents' generation used to condescendingly smile at people like that because it was considered as such a luxury problem to have. It was like they said, oh, poor little rich person. You have so much that you have the option and are actually considering to throw it all overboard and start something new afresh. Or, oh, poor little rich person. So now you have to double and triple down on buying things that reaffirm visually that you actually really, quote unquote, made it. So you need to show yourself without any shadow of a doubt that the path that you've been trotting on so far has to be the right one. Simply because, well, just look at all the things you can have, all the vacations you can make, and all the lookalike people that you hang out with. Now, that could be a predominantly immigrant-specific reaction to this conflict of the soul, because my parents and their friends did not feel like they had the same options. But I also remember very settled, local, and very affluent parents of friends make sneering comments along the lines of, self-doubt is a sign of weakness. If you can't be positive about your choices, you're by definition not confident. And if you're not confident, how the heck did you get into this position of having the luxury of having a crisis of meaningfulness in the first place? If you were a person in midlife crisis, it didn't matter which way your reaction was leaning towards. Whether you decided to break with your current life and start afresh, or if you double or triple down on convincing yourself that all your past choices were the right ones to take, And the only right decision from here on onwards is to continue as you were before. In both cases, you've become a cliché. Okay, so I know that you know what a cliché is. But for the sake of being thorough, let me state the official definition that I found. (laughs) A cliché is a phrase or expression that has been used so often that it has become overused and lacks originality cliches are often seen as uninspired and lacking in creativity because they have been used so frequently that they have lost their impact and wit. They are typically used to describe situations, emotions, or expressions that are common and familiar to many people. But because they are so widely experienced, they also became stale and predictable. And in this identity and burnout-related context, you're a cliche because you were... For too long, someone who played what I like to call identity politics, believing that you can strategize your way through life by leaning too heavily on one identity to carry you through the good as well as the troubled times. Being called a cliche or feeling like one is not just hurtful because of the implied lack of originality, because we all on some level like to believe we're special, right? But it's also hurtful because of the aspect of predictability you had it coming for such a long time like so many others did before you it was so obvious but you did not see it highly capable very successful people keep falling into the same dark hole it's like ants marching blindly in the footsteps of those who came before them and no matter how good you are at what made you successful in the first place in the context of a midlife crisis your individuality dissolved in the unity of conformity as you became a mere echo of those that walked the ant's journey before you. Ouch. So I do not know if this is a universally correct estimation of the times, but it seems to me that this phenomenon of midlife crisis still exists, maybe even stronger than it ever did. But we do not refer to it as such. I do not hear the term midlife crisis anymore. We clearly have some more and better education and more vocabulary around it. And nowadays the buzzword is burnout. That is the predominant term we use. Burnout is more than being temporarily stressed. It is constant overwhelm, the too muchness of demands and the lack of time to get shit done, as well as our inability to take a distance between our achievements or the lack of thereof and our inherent worthiness. Being overwhelmed can feel like you're being buried or suffocated under a heavy load of responsibilities, emotions, and stress. It can cause a sense of feeling unable to cope or manage, as if the demands and pressures around you are too much to bear. So some common symptoms of feeling overwhelmed include physical tension, such as headaches, muscle aches, or digestive problems, emotional distress, emotional distress, such as anxiety, depression, or irritability. Mental exhaustion, such as difficulty concentrating, forgetfulness, or confusion. Or behavioral changes, such as withdrawing from social activities or avoiding responsibilities. Overall, feeling overwhelmed creates a sense of loss of control and leads to feelings of helplessness, frustration, and, well, burnout. Profound emptiness. And whilst I believe it is good to see that this topic can now be more widely and openly discussed, not just privately, but in the context of work, and even as a societal systemic problem, burnout is just one side of the problem. The other side is bore out. Bore out is the lack of options and possibilities in one's life to get genuinely invested in and passionate about. And just like burnout, it has many origins and many facets. Maybe you never learned to focus on or get interested in something that has no monetary return or social prestige. Maybe you had no other option than solely investing in one activity because it was either make a living or be poor and not be able to provide. And I understand why we talk a lot about burnout. The word alone has connotations of being injured, being in pain and being consumed by something external. Burnout makes us a patient, and we take care for and of patients. Bore out, however, sounds like yet another luxury problem. People with too much time and too many resources at hand get bored. People not used to putting in the effort get bored. Boredom and laziness sound like synonyms. But here is how bore-out can show up in your life and you tell me if it truly is a luxury problem of the privileged few. Just like burnout, bore-out comes in creeping slowly. It starts with occasional ennui but usually ends up in a full-on disengagement of life. The tasks that once fueled your passion turned into repetitive emotions, leaving you feeling disengaged and unfulfilled. Relationships lost their spark and your personal pursuits feel flat and uninspired. Or maybe you simply lost touch with them because you were using all your energy in your area of burnout instead. It's like life becomes a grayscale painting, devoid of excitement and purpose. The days blur together, blending into a monotonous sea of unfulfilled potential and wasted opportunities for growth. And to say in this visual metaphor, the less color, the less saturation, and the less contrast you have the harder it gets to remember what they looked like and what effect they had on us. Or we can't even imagine how to get them back. Or you're all of a sudden feeling that more intensity is a scary thing that might harm you. I mean, after all, your burnout is mighty intense. So the toll of boreout extends beyond mere dissatisfaction. and manifests as a deep sense of restlessness. A longing for something more meaningful. Self-esteem suffers as we question our abilities and wonder if we were destined to live a life stripped of purpose and passion. We feel trapped in a stagnant existence. And so we do not know what or how to be those other identities that could save us from burnout. Instead, we invest this restlessness in that area of burnout that constantly screams for our attention and our time. So identity-related burnout is when these two come together. Burnout as the overemphasis and overstimulation of one of our main identity and a massive, massive understimulation in all other areas of life that could potentially widen our field or broaden our personality and the experiences we have. Plus the cliche aspect. Burnout, bore-out, and the predictability that everyone in your entourage sees, but you as the affected one, don't. So I know that this is a very, very crude oversimplification of the cause, and the patterns are clearly much more complex than what I'm about to give you as examples. But I believe we've all seen the cliché parts depending on whatever people's main identity is. So there's, for example, the finance person, the economist, whose crisis is that he all of a sudden grows a conscience and decides to become a Buddhist. (laughs) Okay, that's, yeah, that's exaggerated. But, you know, at least he decides to become a physiotherapist and wants to heal people instead of taking an overpriced commission for shifting people's money digitally from A to B. Or the other way is... He just triples down on growing his wealth, with the promise to do good with the extra cash. And some factually do donate, but most donate to themselves in form of more overpriced status symbols. I mean, just look at TV series like Billionaire. There is a grain of truth to those stories, which is why we like to watch them. Or, let me give you the example, there are those that work in care. And end up in their cliche crisis of compassion fatigue, and they either break with this lifestyle and pivot into something where they can live a more quote unquote selfish side that has to do with self-expression, and I don't know, they started Etsy shops selling their woodwork or handcrafting earrings from plastic beads imported from some foreign country with cheap ass mass manufacturing, rather than caring for others, or the triple down version of that. Um, they tell themselves that by heading a charity or a not-for-profit community project on the side in their little free time after work, yes, that will make the best use of their caring talents. And so they stay on their path. And then, example number three, there are the expats that get confronted with the harsh reality of international life and that their hunger for adventure and living an exotic, quote-unquote exotic life, out of their cultural ordinary does not compensate for the possible regret they worry will mess up what could be a perfectly fine and full life full of reliable belonging back home. It is one thing to make an honest mistake and then deal with the consequences but it is a complete other thing to realize that your choice to live abroad does not add the value and richness of flavor you were hoping for and that if you still continue to hold on to what you fear might just end up being a short-lived immature dream will screw you over in the long run you will screw yourself over in the long run those people faced with an unfulfilling expert life usually end up going home after some time deciding that the sacrifice of predictability is not worth the cost of fundamental regret or They'll stay, but somewhat bitter because they feel or they actually truly can't go back and they live what I like to call the angry immigrant life. You decide which one is the break and which one is the tripling down expression of their crisis. Again, these were just some examples and really shortened, streamlined, but I'm sure if you dig in your head to find examples of people who have been through midlife crisis you'll find those were identity related. And if you have people in your entourage dealing with burnout, or you're fearing that they're heading right into one, you will surely also see that on the other side of burnout, they have an equally heavy case of bore out in the rest of their life happening. So here you go. Identity related burnout is an overemphasis of one dominant identity making it your number one identifier of self-worth whilst simultaneously here we go simultaneously underserving other identities you have and therefore experiencing burnout and bore out at the same time there is a difference between having a role and living an identity A role is something you can put down or take off like a jacket. It is also something where you can perform easily, at least for a certain time. So you can temporarily show up as someone you are actually not. An identity, however, is something you've internalized. And even if you wanted to, you cannot not be yourself. When life gets hard and we don't feel we belong, or we feel like our life doesn't belong to us, or we fundamentally feel like this is not the way our story is supposed to go, then we've usually treated an essential part of ourselves, so an identity piece, like a role. This means either pretending we're someone we're not, or being overly performative on the long run. Very, very long run. Or we've adopted something that was meant to be a role that we've played and were supposed to put down whenever it became too heavy as an identity. We trained ourselves to give it so much weight that it has become a defining piece of our being when it actually shouldn't. So what can you do with all this information? You can even look at your area of burnout and take the widely established performance coaching approach. So that means you look at your mental and behavioral patterns, make adjustment to your decision making and time management approach. Um, You practice becoming a better communicator, and damn it, finally, you learn to set better boundaries. So some people need to learn to set boundaries with other people, and other people do need to learn to set better boundaries with themselves. Many successful people simply have become addicted to showing off and being seen as someone with exceptional work ethics and the related results. And this is all good and fine, but I think you can tell by my tone of presentation that I'm not a great fan of this, simply because it feels like squeezing an already drained cash cow even further. I do not know about you, but the idea of spending even more time, even if it's just mental spent time, in an area where you're already spending too much time, that does not sound healthy to me. I do not know where I would take the energy, the reservoir, from to deal with the area of life that is already frustrating me. Instead, I much prefer what positive psychology is all about, extending what is good and make it great. Whereas regular psychology focuses on pathologies. So where the mental state falls into illness, positive psychology looks at what is already sound, what is healthy, and how to make it a strategy for well-being. So it's not just about fighting the bad, but actively building the good and make it great. This is obviously only an option when you are not in burnout yet, because once you are, the patient is so hurt, you are so hurt and in so much pain that it feels like you're bleeding out. But If you're not there yet, if you're realizing that something is out of balance and you've lost control and you want to take over the reins again, then investing in building up your other identities is a very smart strategy. You're giving your life another leg to stand on or two or three. It is tackling the bore out part of your crisis. It is all about exploring what joy and ease look and feel like and addressing what we're so Desperately longing for a revival of our enthusiasm and our drive, and for some, maybe even fun. And there is nothing frivolous about fun, it's what creates a positive, energy-giving connection between people. So it's nurturing our interpersonal relations, but it is also a brilliant way to healthily feed our. Intra-personal relation, the way you see yourself and build a broader, more robust and more resilient or let's call it a bad weatherproof personality. If you feel intrigued and want to just do that, explore how to find and build your enthusiasm and you want an easy way to start, I have two options for you. If you're a private person, let me guide you through a process of how to find that next Right step for you using positive psychology, obviously. Conveniently, this offer is called the next right step. You can find it on my website. And, or should I say, or, um, if you're a leader and you truly care about your employees and your team and you want to start this journey to a more regenerative leadership, I can come in and show your people where to find their areas of goodness and what to do to make them great. You, Mr. or Mrs. Leader, will lead by example and give them the resource, which is me, and the time. And together, we show them how to use an assessment tool I created that will show them where they have potential. Not in order to harvest their energy that they are already using to fuel their work time, but to build resilience and resources of regeneration outside their work identity. The best side effect of it is Once you know how to show up for yourself, you can use the same principles to show up better for everyone around you, making this a whole performance team improving, high performance team improving exercise. Positive interventions create positive upward cycles. This offer is called Seeking Potential for Regenerative Leaders. If you want to read up more on this, I created a white paper on the subject and you can download it right beneath here.